Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris McConey, where we cover the latest and greatest happenings across the sports world. Family friendly and all about the sports, let's get to it. It is the February 10th edition of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris, and with me, as always, is John. It is Super Bowl weekend. Uh, the coaching changes have pretty well settled in. I think all the teams have coaches now. Um, and uh, we get to close out the NFL season tomorrow. John, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing good. Before we talk a little Super Bowl, which I know is what we want to do for most of the episode, wanted to see if there were any coaching-related uh, comments that you might have with how things sort of went down and who went where. Uh, focusing, I guess, primarily on the NFL, but you know, feel free to throw some college in there if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was very interesting last uh, last couple months over different coaches retiring, different coaches getting hired, uh, and it's the new era of younger coaches has been sweeping across the NFL for years now, and it's finally getting to the teams with a lot of the older coaches have now been moved out. And yeah, imagine if you sitting, pull Billichek out and you pull Pete Carroll out of the mix, yeah. the average age of the NFL head coach has probably dropped substantially. Substantially. <laughs> I mean, when Andy Reid drops in the next couple of years, because a lot of the questions that have been happening during the Super Bowl press conferences, you know, the media days right before has been around, is he going to retire after the season? Like, where does he sit? And obviously, he's not going to talk about any of that. But mm-hmm. when that happens, then everything kind of sits out. And the biggest thing that's kind of um, been blanketed over the entire NFL coaching search was where Bill Belichick was going to end up. turns out he was going to sit the the year out of coaching and not get hired in one of the main jobs um, with some of the other uh, coaches, offense corners, defense corners going somewhere else. And I think there was a couple of different coaching decisions that I really liked. And there's one in particular that I've kind of don't like, and that was the Dan Quinn move to the commanders as the head coach there. Um, That, that one, I mean, obviously Dan Quinn's been a defense coordinator around the league, uh, been head coach a few times as well. And, you know, with the when he was at the Cowboys, that defense was one of the best in the National yeah. Football League. They've done a really good job the last couple of seasons. Frankly, I think it was in Dallas needing for a new head coach. I think if he stayed around, it would probably been a different story. Now he's going to the Commanders, and the Commanders obviously haven't been great. Mm-hmm. ever since you know all the drama that happened with them and new ownership and all that and they're trying to trying to get on the right foot a little bit here trying to get they had a lot of draft choices they got opportunity to get caleb williams possibly with the with one of the higher picks they can definitely do some different things however i don't know it just feels like the most lackluster of all the different coaching hires i feel like there's a lot of coaches that new head coaches that um got hired elsewhere that were bigger ticker ticket items mm-hmm. i feel like I feel like this particular move just like it might turn out to be really good for them might turn out to be the thing that they needed it just feels like it's one of those moves that it's like with all the uh, possible talent that was out there they kind of just seemed like they weren't unable to grab anybody else and then had to figure out and kind of relocate and try to see who they were going to grab now that's not to say that he couldn't have a tremendous success in the commanders but with the last couple seasons the trades that they have done uh, the moves that they've done and they're just the have been flowing of offense coordinators and head coaches there and trying to figure that all out has been a kind of a journey for him. So maybe this will be the piece that finally sets up, settles that all down. But usually when these situations happen, they spin through quite a few head coaches to try to figure out who that next guy is going to be, especially with new ownership. Yeah. Uh, and, and with that main quarterback piece and offensive piece in question. So I think that's probably my least favorite one that, that came out of it. But I think, you know, elsewhere on the league, I think there's a lot of interesting ones. Um, one of those being, 
the Carolina head co- uh, hiring of the uh, Bucks yep. offensive coordinator. Um, I think that's going to be interesting because obviously he was in Seattle. He had a lot of success there. And Tampa had success with Baker Mayfield. And now maybe he can help Bryce Young get out of the little bit of the funk that he was in last season. Wasn't the best, especially when you look at C.J. Stroud and how he is playing. He was picked after Bryce Young, and there's all those questions in there. But I think at the same time, he could have a lot of success because obviously he's been around the league, uh, and Bryce Young can learn a thing or two from a quarterback's coach and a guy that's been office coordinator. Uh, so I think he could help Bryce Young out. I think that was an important one because I think when you're looking at where Carolina's at, that uh, that new coach needs to be able to not only call the plays and work on that, but also needs to help your franchise quarterback because these are the most pivotal years. And I think a lot of times with teams, when they hire a new head coach, sometimes they just kind of scrap their uh, quarterback that they've had if they had a bad couple of seasons and try to look for a new one in the draft and try to move on. This move seems like they're trying to kind of keep what they've been able to do with Bryce Young, try to keep him and try to keep um, – Kind of try to see if he's the future quarterback. So I think that was, excuse me, I think that was a good move by them to try to bring in someone like that to, to try to patch things up a little bit. The other one I liked a lot was Seattle's uh, move to get the Ravens' defensive coordinator as their head coach. Um, I think that's a good you know one to replace Pete Carroll after a long time in Seattle. I think he's gonna have a lot of success there because I think. He has. Um, he's going to help the defense out. I think the defense is the weaker side of the ball uh, for Seattle. So I think that's another situation where they hired a guy to fix a need uh, that can also kind of do a lot of good for them. The Ravens had a really good defense last season, played really, what, really well up into the playoffs and had a lot of success there as well um, until they went to Kansas City and were just unable to find get that win. So I think that was another one that they did a really good job of hiring a coach that I think we'll have a lot of success for them for the long run. Obviously, they think so, too. I think they locked him into like a six-year deal uh, to try to keep him in play uh, for a little while there. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see kind of how that all shakes up in the near future. And then, obviously, the Chargers. I'm excited about that one. I think the Chargers getting Jim Harbaugh, was gonna be, it's going to be an interesting one to see kind of how he goes and how he how he helps Justin Herbert out, how he helps this offense out. Heard they want to get Saquon Barkley next season to try to get a new running back in there. Can they help these rookie pieces that they have, some veteran pieces that they have, all put it all together? Because the Chargers seem like they've always kind of been in the conversation as a playoff team, but can never find the, the, the glue that puts it all together in a way that makes them contenders, in a way that makes them you know have a big run for it. And I think Jim Harbaugh could be the guy that uh, could do that for him in the near future. So I'm excited to see how that looks. Obviously, that one has a lot of question marks on it. Now, we know he's been had a lot of success in both college and NFL, but how is he going to play in the Chargers? Because like I said, they've been a little bit all over the place. Can he pack it all together? And I think they've picked a good coach to be able to do that for him um, down the line. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. And then I guess the last one, uh, that I want to look at is the uh, the the uh, the Falcons uh, hiring the defense coordinator from the Rams, getting him over there. I think that's going to be one that it's going to be interesting because I feel like the the Falcons, you know, got Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was great in Florida, and then he came to Atlanta, and he hasn't really done a whole lot over the last couple seasons, and just really wasn't given a whole lot of opportunities. And it feels that's kind of the way with Atlanta. They had opportunities and guys, they've got a lot of talent in there, a lot of younger guys that if coached well and properly, they could have a lot of success in the National Football League. So I think this that, that move gives all those guys the right opportunity to be able to shine and, and have success in that offense. So I think it's going to be really interesting uh, you know, when the when the next season rolls around, when these coaches get their opportunity, when these guys go out to play with their new coaches and seeing 
guys that you would expect to see on the sideline no longer there. I mean, one plus is that the Patriots will finally have uh, a coach that is actually their coach in Madden. It's no longer going to be some <laughs> random right. guy that That's I have right. no idea who it is. Um, so we're moving on past that, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where Belichick goes. Did you see his son got hired to yeah. um, Seattle? Mm-hmm. So at least one Belichick is going to be. A, Was it the UW? Yeah, he went to coach at the, at the yeah, University the corner. Okay, yeah, the mullet. He's an <laughs> so interesting weird. cat. Yeah, he's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Awesome, cool. That is good stuff. Uh, appreciate you breaking that down. Let's talk a little bit about the the Super Bowl. We've got the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Feels like the Chiefs are there pretty much every year now yeah. on the uh, AFC side of the ball. Um, what are uh, San Francisco's chances of being able to uh, prevent Mahomes from getting, what, his third ring? Third ring, yes. Yeah, I think it's an interesting matchup. You know, we got Patrick Mahomes, kind of one of those, that veteran guy that's been around the block quite a few times, and you got Brock Purdy that's kind of mystery relevant, then comes in and plays really well and starts making a name for himself. There's no denying his talent and his ability and what he's been able to do. Uh, he came in at the right time, found his found his opportunity through the injuries and things that have happened in San Francisco. Kind of feels a little bit like Tom Brady in his situation where guys went down, guys got traded, and he stepped up and made that made the most of his opportunities and kept that starting spot. Um, you know, there's a speculation of Tom Brady would go to San Francisco at the beginning of the season, ended up not doing it. Brock Purdy took the reins and was able to do some good. They got Christian McCaffrey for pretty much nothing compared to what he's been able to do for this team and made them significantly better, gave Debop, Debo an opportunity to be doing more than just a running back game. You know, the wear and tear of the running back position mm-hmm. is significant, so you don't want your running back to have to deal with all that. Yeah. So their offense side of the ball has been put has been put together really nicely. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's done a really good job uh, at putting this team together. Um, so I think it's going to be a really tight game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I've talked about you know throughout these throughout the playoffs how Brock Purdy can get flustered a little bit if you can pressure him and uh, force him to move the ball out of his hands. We saw in that Lions game, especially in that second half, he was able to use his legs and move down the field. So containment's going to have to be key uh, because in the Ravens-Chiefs game, they were able to get to Lamar Jackson, but they never brought him down, and they let him kind of stay back there and stay in the game because Mm -hmm. of that. Uh, So they got to make sure that is fixed. they got to make sure they're containing, and not only that, but they're making the tackles because if if you contain and don't make the tackles, the quarterback can still fling the – uh, fling the ball through the air, and someone's going to get open eventually. You can't hold the, the defense for that long. So that's going to be something the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to make sure is stout. They can't. They got to make sure that's buttoned up. Um, and I also think Brock Purdy, we saw it in that Lions game, his his deep ball can be semi-inaccurate with that deep ball to Brian I, Brandon Ayuk that ended up getting a touch, almost a touchdown off of it, but it was severely under overthrown. Uh, and and uh, it was like a pass interference. It was a wild play. I would go back and watch that because that play was nuts. But that pass play was kind of inaccurate. And it was it, that could cause an issue for him down the stretch. And we saw in the Green Bay Packers game, some more of the same, where the Packers were able to move the ball well against that team, get some run game in there, move the get the pieces going a little bit faster, pieces and kind of get things going a little bit. So I don't. I think there's a way you know where they can move the ball and do that efficiently for Kansas City. And I think. It's hard to bet against Kansas City just because of their success in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, and their ability to win countless games. And, and just Patrick Mahomes is one of the better records out of all the big three that you would think about as far as playoff records. And he's significantly younger than a lot of those guys. Um, so he knows what he's doing. But I think at the same time with, with the 49ers, you can't 
it's hard to bet against Chris McCaffrey because we know that he's impossible to bring down. We know that this team has a, the 49ers has a ton of speed. So the Kansas City defenders, are, the secondary is going to have to make sure they stay with him. And they saw they had a little bit of trouble with that with Zay Flowers and some of the OBJ. Some of those guys were getting open in the middle of the field and were able to do stuff uh, pretty, pretty easily. And I think that's going to have to be something that Kansas City has to work on. I mean, the pass rush has to be good. But at the same time, how long can that secondary keep guys in check? And can they do that for long enough that those short passes aren't moving the ball down the field at a significant rate? So I think that's something that Kansas City's going to have to work on. A, on defense, like I said, pass rush, get home. And then secondary, can they stay with these faster guys? And then if you're, if you're the 49ers offensively, I think it's going to have to be get Brock Purdy comfortable, get the ball out of his hands quickly, let him get into a rhythm. Because when he does that, he can be elite, and he can do what he needs to do, and he can move in that pocket pretty fluently. So I think getting him comfortable into the big game, because obviously the Super Bowl is a bigger, uh, different piece than anything that they've played in this season. Plops don't compare, right season to compare. Anything, nothing that he's done so far is compared to what he's about to do. So there's a lot of lights, a lot of things that can get to a younger player. Uh, now he's obviously done a good job of controlling that. So I think, you know, get in the ball of his hands, get to your, your playmakers, and let Chris McCaffrey take a bigger uh, role in this game. Let him get take a lot of the run plays and early early downs, get him into more reasonable situations in third down. So it's not all on Purdy to make all those plays. And then defensively for the 49ers, I think it's going to have to be slowing down Patrick Holmes in this team because – in that Lions game, I don't know how the Lions blew it. I mean, they yeah. were on fire. They were up big going into the halftime. I think it was like 21-3, 24-3. Yeah. And then they just abandoned the pass game. The run, and, or they abandoned the run game, went to the pass game. And when that happened, they just really couldn't find their footing again. And they ended up slipping and ended up losing that game. Almost made it to the Super Bowl. Almost was able to do it, but just wasn't able to do it at the end. And we saw the same thing with the Packers. The Packers were able to move the ball efficiently down the field when they were able to do the run plays, and they're able to do that. So I think uh, Pacheco is going to have to have a big role in this game. He's going to have to be able to do a lot of running for him, get onto the perimeter, move the, you know, extend the, use the entire yard. Sorry, just try to get the ball on the perimeter and let him kind of run wild there. Get into your hands of your playmakers, Kadarius Tony, if he plays. I'm not sure if he will. Um, uh, Rice get into his hands. These younger guys have a lot of speed. I think they're going to have a lot of success, especially on the perimeter, to try to get this team spread. If you can do that, then you can start making things happen for you kind of in the middle of the field, and that's when I think you can get these 49ers team defensively. But for the 49ers, they're going to have to stop the speedsters of these teams yeah. that they're playing against. Yeah. If they get open, they get going, it becomes kind of painful to watch if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan. And we know that Kansas City has a lot of playmakers. They invest in speed makers. That was Tyree Kill. Yeah. That's Bryce now. That's Kadarius Tony. They yeah. like speed. Isaiah yeah. Pacheco, like the guys they invested in. So they're going to have to slow that down. But if you're the if you're Kansas City and you get the ball, or if you, even if you defer it, when you get that first possession, go at them with speed. Try to get on the edge and let see if they stop it. If they do, then you have to figure out a different game plan. But I think that's going to be how they have to start the game if they want success. But overall, I mean, if you're going to call this game, like, you know, who's going to win, who's not going to win, I mean, like I said, I think both teams have done a great job up to this point. But I have a hard time betting against Andy Reid. I have a hard time betting against Patrick Mahomes, and I have a hard time betting against experience. Yeah, I think it's like a cliche about media and players that always say, you know, experience is important when you get into the playoffs, important to get into the Super Bowl. Because it's it's a different animal. You gotta know how to control those emotions of getting to that game and getting to that opportunity with all those fans, people watching. Yeah. So I got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs winning their you know their third in a close game. I think Brock Purdy's gonna have a good game for himself. I think the 49ers are gonna have a good game for themselves. So like I said, this that offense is stout. I don't know how they're able to get the pieces that they've been able to get. Yeah. 
and they've been able to put it together like they have. And I, I think normally I call them by three. That's kind of three is kind of where I like to sit because especially these closer games. But I think it's going to be a touchdown win for Kansas City. Okay. Uh, and this one. Um, so what's the what's the score? Let's call it twenty one twenty eight. Twenty one twenty eight. All right. That sounds that sounds about right. I'd be pretty happy with a a close game. Uh, both teams slugging it out, and uh, whoever wins wins, and that's okay. Yeah. Do you think that's you would you agree? You I'd got probably kids? I'd probably go I'd probably go the same. Uh, probably maybe twenty one twenty four. You think three? Yeah, probably. Uh, but we'll see. Um, but I just want a good game. Just like yeah. some of these Super Bowls can end up so lopsided. Uh, I feel like throughout the playoffs this season, the first round was pretty weak in terms of you know <laughs> yeah, being, being very lopsided. But then once we got past that, it was a, a much much better competition. I think between the teams that that had made it. So hopefully we'll see that the uh, the battle through the AFC and the battle through the NFC did indeed produce the two best, and they can go at it, slug it out, and and we'll see what happens. So awesome. Yeah. I think the other thing with Kansas City, the other reason I have a hard time betting against them is all those p- playoff games where it took 15 seconds for Patrick Mahomes to march down the field and ended up, you know, winning those games. All those like really close games where they're able to pull it at the very end. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it'll be a fun game. Looking forward to tomorrow and uh, awesome. seeing that, get, seeing them battle it out. Very good. Well, this was a short and sweet one as we head into the Super Bowl. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. And uh, talking, uh, talking the Super Bowl, talking about those coaches. And uh, listeners, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you. We'll catch you soon. See ya. See ya. God bless.